You may have noticed the price at the pump is significantly lower thanks to the temporary pause on the provincial gas tax. Does it feel awkwardly low? And if you're in Sarah McCarthy's position, our global news anchor in the morning, she's a little peeved right now based on her gas purchasing experience in Ontario. If you're like me and Greg, you really need help getting organized. So we turn to the professionals, Winnipeg's Sylvie Matthews, with some tips on how to organize your space. And what are things that you do even though you know you shouldn't? Greg did something this morning. He definitely shouldn't have done it. Hopefully, the repercussions are not long-lasting. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who was off today. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, January 2nd podcast for The Start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today as she takes her stat for the half Christmas Eve, half New Year's Eve. Greg took his on Friday with a couple of vacation days, and now he's back in the saddle. Hello there, Greg. I'd like to say I'm completely refreshed after 10 days off of work, but I, man. Is it 10 days? Yeah, 10 days. And a good chunk of those, I did not even look at my work email. Great to see your face, but I would have been fine. Staying in bed until <laughs> 8.30 or thereabouts as I did a good chunk of the of the Christmas holidays. You're just looking at, so was it your last day, Friday, December 22nd? Yeah. Okay, wow, well, yeah. 10 days? Yeah, just yeah, about. Not bad, hey? Yeah, that's a nice stretch, and I'm glad to hear that you you turned turned off the phone and just left, actually relaxed. I did a lot of relaxing, but, you know, lots of chores to do, did Finished up a renovation that I was working at on one of the boys' bedrooms. Lots of Ubering. The boys around here, <laughs> there, and everywhere. So I couldn't get out of that uh, job, per se. But, we, yeah, we had a great couple of days. And, oh, my gosh, the weather a few days there was just oh, simply spectacular. Yeah, Lots of time at the dog park working with Whiskey on his uh, off-leash skills. It's getting better. Okay. He's four, but he's a pandemic puppy, right? So he did obedience training. He did okay at it, but he doesn't have a whole lot of experience with socializing with other dogs. So that's where we're we're trying to get over that hump so that he behaves himself when he's around other dogs. He's doing pretty well. So Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that's my that's one of my New Year's resolutions is to get him running around at the off leash portion of the dog park at Kildonan Park or Kildonan Kilcona Park. Yep. Harbor View some people call it. And uh so we're 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 on our way. Okay. Yeah. And I actually How about you? I dra- I forced myself to go out on New Year's Eve and I'm I'm actually I'm fairly proud of that because you know Loren and I were talking last week about New Year's and and what's the about New Year's adventures and what's the ideal New Year's and how it's funny how in our 20s we want to we want to go. Let's go. It's New Year's Eve. Party, party, party. <laughs> and here I am, 46. I'm like, ah, sitting on my couch with a bucket of chicken sounds pretty good. <laughs> but I had a wedding social to go to. Um, it was for some people I used to work with like over 20 or 20 years ago. 
So it was, I knew it would be somewhat of a reunion and it wasn't like a traditional wedding social, I think in the sense of like a fundraiser, it didn't have like 50 prizes oh, that, to win. That's not bad. Actually, that's not a bad thing, is it? No, I mean, no. And they're, they're couples in their forties. So they're, they're established. I think they just wanted to throw a party and right on. they had a 50, 50 and they had a booze wagon prize. But other than that, uh, but, but I was still, I spent the whole day trying to convince myself not to go. And I thought, why are you doing this to yourself, Brad? Like, why are you so convinced, determined to be a recluse, to be a hermit? Go see people you haven't seen in a long time. Have fun. And the location, like, I really had no excuse. It was at Sadlery on Market. So that's just down the street from the concert hall. So I'm like, I could take the bus because transit offers free rides on New Year's Eve, right? So I took a bus down there. Got off the concert hall, walked two minutes down the road Perfect. to Sadlery. It was a great room. They had a good turnout. And I got to see all kinds of people I haven't seen in a long time. Oh, and it was fun. And then I managed to escape just before the ball dropped, so to speak. I saw, I looked at the clock. I checked the bus schedule and thought, I think I've hit my limit. As in, like, if I have one more beer, it might be a messy New Year as opposed to a happy New Year. So I figured, okay, it's time to go. And then I can avoid that whole... You know, not, not to poo-poo the, the 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 turning of the clock, so to speak. The but kissing I, at midnight yeah. tradition and all that sort of stuff. I just didn't have the energy. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. And people would say, you're leaving now? Like, yep. <laughs> Happy New Year. Good to see you. Bye. Sounds like a very Brett McGarry thing to do, to leave a New Year's Eve party at 11.58. But I failed to notice, so I, I walked down to Maine and William, where that bus stop is. Yes. And I failed to notice the lineup, I guess, to get into the Palomino Club, which was like, that's a block to the south of where I got on the bus. So I don't know how I missed it, but apparently the lineup to get in after midnight stretched like around the the whole block. When you sent me, was it a tweet? Yeah. Somebody had pointed that out in a tweet. And I don't know why my heart sang reading that tweet, it just felt like I know a ton of people are sick right now. Mm-hmm. And I know the COVID is going around. And but it just it's like, yeah, yeah. Nice to see so many people out and about and doing things. You know, the Jets game was sold out on the. Yeah, that's great. You know, on uh, the 30th. And they had a great crowd for the Moose game on New Year's Eve. And yeah, just uh, yes, some normalcy. I appreciated that. And it also kind of made me happy, too, to see that people still go to nightclubs like I don't I haven't been to a nightclub in a long time but I used to love going to nightclubs and I know the culture has changed and it's more about going to lounges and pubs and whatever and we don't have nearly the the same number of nightclubs we used to have no in this city but to see that a a nightclub period is doing well and b the fact that the pal has managed to stay alive in its new lo- new location. I mean, my gosh, how long has it been now since they moved from Portage to Main Street? It's got to be at least a decade. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer than that. I have to double check that. But yeah, it is It is neat to see. Uh, DJ uh, Alfredo is a longtime friend of mine. <laughs> and so I follow him on the social media. And I got to tell you, it can be 1130 on a Saturday night. And he'll post a video of the pal jam-packed with people dancing. I almost want to get up, have a shower, and go down and join them. Because <laughs> the energy in that room is spectacular. Yeah, and it's young people. And after a Jets game, you see lots of jerseys and stuff like that. And I've been to the Pal a few times since they moved downtown. And it's still a great time. 
That's so if you went out for New Year's, feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868. But yeah, I was I was happy I did it and that's uh I wouldn't call it a resolution, but that's still something that I'm working on three and what are we? Well, three and over three and a half years since the beginning, since the pandemic started, where I sort of embraced the uh, that hermit life, so to speak, and I'm still trying to crack out of that shell. Whether it's social anxiety or whether it's just like ah, I'm just fine here. I don't want to go out. No, it, I, it could just be age. You did sort of cross a Rubicon yeah. during the pandemic. You <laughs> went over forty five. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm about, I'm six months away from getting the seniors discount at Shoppers Drug Mart. So, oh, really? Yeah, it starts at 55. Oh. Can't wait. 20% off. Is I think that what it is? Yeah. Like, I think it's like one Thursday every month or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm excited about that. Well, speaking of discounts, if have you looked at the price of the pumps one of our colleagues <laughs> was quite annoyed at the price of the pump in one respect. We will explain after we check your forecast on the start. It is Mackling and McGarry. I knew it was coming. I knew it had happened, but still to be sitting in my cab this morning and look to my left to the Shell station at Osborne and Roslyn and to see a dollar fifteen nine. Was pretty. It, it, it made me smile. And then we get this text from Todd, who says, "On the way to work, I saw the gas station, the Domo at Donald and Wardlaw at ninety nine nine. That's yeah, nice. It's nice, and a variety of other text messages of places around the city at under a dollar. Now, the second discussion I had with Sarah McCarthy this morning had to do with gas prices. The first was how many uh, pierogies we each consumed, <laughs> respectively. Mine was in the two dozen count over the uh, over the break. Sarah insisted, or pardon me, Sarah, instead of paraphrasing what you said to me about gas prices, mm-hmm. I thought we'd just bring you on here so that you could share in your own words the feelings you had as you were gas up to head back mm-hmm. to Winnipeg from from home. I'm putting that in quotation mm-hmm. marks because Winnipeg's yes. going to be qualified as home <laughs> soon, I hope. Uh, what were you feeling when you filled up uh, across the Ontario-Manitoba border? Well, I felt pain, that is for sure, because I was filling up. I had about half a tank, so I only needed about half a tank to get back here. But uh, filling up in Dryden, where I am from, and uh, 150 on the dot. That was painful because I knew as soon as I got into Manitoba, it was going to be so much lower because of this gas tax holiday. So I'm going to fill up the half the take again today and uh, tears of joy. What day was that that you had to fill up? Just yesterday, 150. Ah. Yeah. So how much, like, what was the damage on the half a tank? Uh, 60 bucks. 60 60 bucks. bucks, For half a tank? Yeah. Yeah. you drive a... 60 bucks. A hammy? A van, yeah, a van. Yeah, so 60 bucks. It's about 90 oh, total. Man. Yes, but um, yeah, and then even like further, like Clearwater, 159. So, yeah, 159 yeah, just on the outskirts, Bay. right? So, yeah. yeah, and then got to Yogi's, 
in Manitoba and 129. I texted my mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> 129. And then got into the city. I was seeing 115, 114. And yeah, so just amazing. So it might be pretty psychological. It might mm-hmm. be just a psychological lift if you don't drive a ton. If you do drive a ton, obviously there's going to be some impact uh, financially for you when you fill up and, and you don't have to phone your, your banker to find out if you can get a loan to, to fill your gas tank, <laughs> which is something that, you know, I think uh, some of us felt when gas was up close to, to $2 a litre at times uh, throughout the last several years. So th- this is going to be interesting to see how pe- people react. I know some people are against this. Because they feel as though it's going to encourage people to drive more. I, I I don't see, you know, the idea that people are just going to jump in their cars and drive around the perimeter six times because gas is ninety nine cents or a dollar fifteen a liter. That's not what's going to happen here. But I understand some of the some of the angst, I suppose. Well, Sarah McCarthy, thank you for that update. Sorry. Also, that you had to spend that little extra coin. But our question of the day at cjob.com. For Mr. Furnace, don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. How are you feeling about the removal of the provincial gasoline tax? Cast your vote at cjob.com. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. Back tomorrow. We have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Renovation Show at the RBC Convention Center, which runs January 12th to the 14th. And hopefully, Greg will not need some renovation and repair after what happened this morning. GMAC, what'd you do? <sighs> okay, so I wear these, uh, what are they called? AirPods, right? Yeah. Apple AirPods. I wear them when I sleep, one at a time. I'll roll over because I'll have something on, and I roll over and I swap them out, uh, like almost seamlessly in my sleep. So I've always got stuff in my ears, but because I don't let, I, I suspect because I don't let my ears breathe the way I should at <laughs> night, I deal with <laughs> wax buildup in my ears. I know lots of us do. Mm-hmm. Have there ever been more contraptions available for clearing <laughs> your ears than there are right now? That little squirty thing mm-hmm. with the spinorama thing. Yeah. I, I saw that over Christmas. I may have <laughs> to get that because I did what every doctor, every expert says you're not supposed to do. I uh, used a Q-tip and I didn't just go around the outside of my ears and, and dance around you know, the uh, ear canal. I went right in, baby. And I went way too I went way too far. And now I'm hearing echoes in my head. And, and that might be another problem that I have potentially. But I think it's directly related to the fact that I may have just maybe, you know, scraped my eardrum or something. Because, oh uh, yeah, my hearing is a little bit different. So if I'm shouting even more than usual this morning, Brett, please <laughs> let me know. The voices in my head are a little louder today. So our question for you this morning is this, that let's discuss the things we do, even though we know we shouldn't. We know we shouldn't go in all the way with the Q-tip, but sometimes it just feels good. Or, uh, sure how about does. this? You ever get a, you ever get a hangnail? You know, just, yeah. just a little piece of skin on your yeah. finger and you're like, I, I'm, I, I think I can pick that. I know I should cut it off. Let's get a go stand up. Walk 15 feet to the bathroom and grab the nail clippers that are sitting right there and cut it. But now I'll sit there and I'll try to pick it off and sometimes end up ripping it off. And And then what? Now I've got like an ouchy cut on my finger. You've got a flesh wound is what really what you've got. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have inflicted myself with a flesh wound. And it hurts. 204-780-6868. Doesn't have to be health-related either. It could be something like waiting too long to leave for your bus, like I did for every single day of my high school, my, high, my scholastic <laughs> career, and had to run for the bus every day for the try to catch the 90 on Madeline Street in Transcona. Cam Poitras, what about you, sir? Well, you know, with, with, in terms of the hangnail, I mean, then you have to get up. You're probably sitting down. You have to get up and go and find the nail clippers. Um, so that's always difficult. Um, you know, having to get up to do stuff is yeah. it's awful. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Um, uh, listen, I have, like, so I have a little patch of psoriasis on my leg. And the only place that I remember to apply this compound, as the pharmacist called it, a compound which is basically like just like this gel or this cream, is at my desk at work. <laughs> so I do it a little bit on the sly, and I probably shouldn't apply this at work, but I do anyways, and I don't care. I've never noticed. Does it stink? <laughs> kind of stinks noticed. a little bit. So that's good. I've been doing it a little bit sneaky. And I also shouldn't pick my teeth with a uh, thumbtack at my desk as well, but I do that <laughs> oh <my> anyways. <laughs> so I'm really outing myself here of all the gross stuff I do at my desk. Sarah, I'm so sorry. She sits right <laughs> beside me. At least your back's to me. I don't know. Have you ever stabbed your gums with a tack? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> you bleed? Oh, yeah. I think I bled a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I think my webcam at my desk is going to waste. I'm going to have to turn around and... Pointed at poison. Yeah. See me applying medication. Yeah. So if you Rolling suddenly my see socks. my desk is in the up position and my camera is facing <laughs> you, you'll know why. Blackmail, sir. Blackmail. Sarah McCarthy, oh. what about you? Yeah. So mine has to do with just I don't book appointments well in advance, and then I get so angry at myself because, like, for example, my hair. I didn't have my hair done since, and like, I have longer hair. Like, it takes a bit more to maintain longer. You have very long hair, (laughs) pretty long hair. So then, and it grows fast, and so then I just get so annoyed with it, and I'm like, oh, I should book an appointment. But then, when I want it, of course, she's booked like months ahead or months in advance. So then I'm just waiting, and I'm more angry at myself because I don't want to go somewhere else. So, but I'll do this other stuff too, like with the dentist. I'm like, oh, my tooth's kind of hurting. I should probably get that checked. No, I can. let's see how long I can stand the pain. Let's see how long I can stand the pain. Or I'll get a little tiny, I chipped my front tooth when I was young, and, like, we didn't do anything, but then it got worse. So it's been instilled in me just to put all this stuff off. Shouldn't do it, but you do it. And now you work in a deadline-driven yeah. industry where you can <laughs> you can procrastinate <laughs> right up to 30 yeah. seconds before you get mm-hmm. on the air. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to further <laughs> strengthen your yes. procrastination habits as you uh, continue through your career. <laughs> Forte, what about you? Every Monday, I know it's Tuesday, but uh, I, I screw myself over every single weekend because of my sleeping habits. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a natural night hawk, so during the weekends, I'm up to like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then during the weeks, I wake up for work at 4 o'clock in the morning. And so every Monday, or in this case today, Tuesday, I just, I'm super, super, super tired. And you'd think I'd learn my lesson, you know, maybe go to bed at midnight, you know, latest on a weekend. Nope. Don't learn my lesson. So right now, I'm just tired. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you, man. I do exactly the same thing. Although today I've been up since midnight. I woke up at midnight and I couldn't fall back asleep. I don't know, man. I got Tuesdayed. You got Tuesday. <laughs> I feel bad for you. Well, what about you? 
case of the Mondays on Tuesday, what, what's your uh, what's your thing? Well, the, the, there is one thing that I that I used to do, and I only did it a couple of times. And it, and like the second time, I re- thought, "Why am I doing this? I know better." Uh, you ever shopped like under the grocery store on a Sunday afternoon? I don't know if it's universal, but I remember I would sometimes go to the superstore at Keniston and Grant because I didn't live all that far. And I went to Sunday at 3 p.m. And the lineups, it was insanity. Oh. It was just chaos in there. It was chaos. It was mayhem. Chaos. I stood in line. Like, I had to stand in line at the checkout for, like, half an hour. And so then and then I thought, never again. Well, I did end up doing it again, I think, three weeks later. And at that point, I thought, why are you doing this? Never do this again. Plan better. So, yeah, now I try to strategically plan my trips to the grocery store so I don't have to put up with that right. insanity. I'm writing this one down. I, I don't go to the grocery store on Sundays if I can all at all help it. I don't know if it's universal to all grocery stores, but when I went to the superstore at Granton Keniston, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, it was nuts. Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by cooperators, investing in your future together. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers continue to work on securing the key pieces to the roster. Yesterday, the Blue and Gold announced they had agreed to a one-year extension with American linebacker Brian Cole. Our guest this morning signed a two-year deal to remain in Winnipeg just a couple of weeks ago. First and 20, Alouettes now for the Bomber 48-yard line. Mayala comes into the backfield as well, four-man rush. So comeback route for Phil Potter gets oh. absolutely blasted. Who is that? Or is that Evan Holm? Reda Cramdy hit him high as Evan Holm had him low. Phil Pot was wobbly and he goes down to a knee. That was a shot from Reda Cramdy. And Reda Cramdy returns in 2024 for his fourth Canadian Football League season, all with the Blue Bombers. This morning, it is his first visit with us on Breakfast with the Bombers. We say good morning and welcome to Reda. Reda Cramdy, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure entirely, and Happy New Year to you, and congratulations on the new contract. You've created quite the resume over the past several seasons, Red. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, why not find out what other teams might be willing to offer you in terms of money and, and perhaps even more playing time? I'm happy in Winnipeg. It's quite simple. I'm just happy in Winnipeg. I appreciate the coaches, the players, and I'm excited for the future and what the guys built in the locker room. Well, we're happy to have you, Retta, and thanks for joining us this morning. We we understand that family is a big part of life away from football for you. So can you just tell us a little bit about your family and how you all support one another in your respective lives? Family, yeah, family is a big part of, I think family is important for everyone and mainly important for me and my siblings. I think we got tighter in 2021, lost my brother, may he rest in peace. My sister got really tight and... uh yeah, my, my mom, my dad been supporting me, been doing everything uh, and the power for me not to have to worry about anything else than school and football growing up. So uh, now that I play football, professional football and I'm getting paid, I have a chance to give back to my parents. And uh, yeah, quite simple. I understand your parents are Algerian. So, uh, you know, being, uh, being a, a new Canadian for them, football Probably not something they had seen until they they came to Canada. Growing up in Montreal, no Quebec has such an incredible uh, system. They developed so many great players out there. When did you become and when did you get uh, interested in football, Retta? 
I started pretty late. I was in uh, a good school in Montreal, downtown. It's called Face. It's an art school. But then one of my best friends in that school transferred to play football in another school because his two older brothers played football. And I was like, oh, might as well try it out. And uh, first, my parents didn't let me transfer, so I had to wait until I'm 16 to transfer to play football. And uh, my parents, all my parents wanted is me to have good grades, so I made a deal with them. If I had an 85-plus average, they would let me transfer to that school to play football. End up having 88, transfer, played football, and the rest is history. Well, that sort of ties into the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Taylor Allen writes features for the for the free press, and I'm a huge fan of the articles that he writes. And I was reading one that he he did a feature he did on you and your family back Great Cup week, and in that article he raves about your football IQ. And it's apparent for for me watching, and I think anybody who watches you closely that that you know what's going on in the field. And he was relaying a story, Danny Machocha, your your coach in university, saying that. Not only did you know your assignments on every play, you knew the assignments of the other 11 guys on the field, which is extraordinary. But just talk about, does that translate into other passions in your life? And, uh, and what, are you, what are you thinking about post-football? I know you're a young man still, but that, that's got to be on the radar. Yeah, I'm like, football has been my passion, so I really devoted a lot of time and a lot of studies, study session on my own and <laughs> towards football, but as of right now, I'm going back to school, trying to finish my degree. I'm trying to finish it in IT and then see what that brings me, but obviously I would like to stay around football. I think I would like maybe the coach or be in a front office someday, somehow. Not sure yet, trying to enjoy that football career and put uh, my time on the field now, but yeah, probably, probably. I would like to maybe one day be a coach or be in a front office. And, but if you end up in IT as well, I mean, there, you, there's a lot of stuff to juggle there. And if you have that ability to analyze and uh, sort of something, you know, a complicated situation and stay on top of everything else that's going on in there, I think that that'd be a great sort of way to use your uh, clearly or, you know, a very bright skill set to be able to keep track of all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think IT is uh, one of the main reasons why I choose that uh, field is because it's, I feel like that's where the world is evolving. So I think there's a lot of opportunities in, in that field. And like you said, it relates to football and analysis. Right up. Uh, before I let you go here, you know, here, here in Winnipeg, the Jets have done uh, some outreach to, to different communities that, that maybe don't get exposed to hockey on a regular basis. And the Blue Bombers do the same thing. Uh, talk about uh, you know football and and opening it up, opening up the sport to those that that might not otherwise be exposed to it, and and the role you might play in that either here in Winnipeg or back home in Montreal. Yeah, I haven't like for me personally, I have no idea what American football was for me. Growing up, football was soccer, so exposing that great sport to people that may not know about it. It's amazing. It creates story just like mine. So I think it's it's amazing. It's a good in- initiative, and we should keep it going. Retta Cramdy, we appreciate you making time for us in the off season, uh, fairly early in the morning, and uh, maybe we can do this again sometime. Much appreciate you, and uh, best of luck as you you get ready for twenty twenty four. Thanks for this. No problem. Thank you for having me once again.
Retta Cramdy joining us live on 680 CJOB, returning in 2024 for his fourth Canadian Football League season, all with the Blue Bombers. Breakfast with the Bombers, we do it every Tuesday at just after 7.30 for cooperators investing in your future together. Mackling and McGarry McNabb's off today. We're asking you about things that you do that you know you should not do, like Greg, who got in a little too far this morning in the ear with his Q-tip and uh, says it's a little ouchy. So what is something you do that you know you should not do? And, of course, since we're talking about the whole Q-tip thing, that had a, triggered a side shot conversation on wax buildup. I mean, I know it's kind of gross, but it's something I think we probably all deal with at some point. But as then we're getting lots of suggestions, Greg. <laughs> when I'm in the shower, listener says, I turn the spray to jet, flush my ears that way. Wax balls pop out just about every time, just like the doctor does when they flush them. You're not supposed to put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear, according to my doctor. And I know that's right, but I can't help it. <laughs> I might stop now. Uh, listener Eugene, as a runner-up for our Winnipeg Renovation <laughs> Show passes, says, did but should not have in high school many years ago, I memorized the eye chart before an eye test. I still remember the bottom two lines. O-E-C-L-T-D and T-D-F-N-P-B-O. So I had 20-20 vision. Right. Then I had to do an eye test on an internal machine to get a driver's license, and my ambition was thwarted. I had to get glasses to drive. Fair. See, you're only cheating yourself in the end. You're only lying to yourself. But this listener is our winner, Greg, and <laughs> Lance, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll just let you read it. I might not publicly make this a thing. Oh, too late, brother. Uh, we're doing it. Uh, my favorite ear cleaner is one of my wife's. Bobby pins. <laughs> this sounds ultra dangerous, Lance. Uh, yes, I'm careful, and Q-tips get some wax, but a bobby pin is like the snow shovel of earwax. <laughs> and uh, P.S., they're great for squeezing zits as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know some are going oh, to say, oh, sorry you guys are being gross. Sorry if that was a little gross for you guys, but uh, hey. natural. Yeah. We all deal with this stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Lance, for your perhaps <laughs> foolhardiness and your brazen honesty, we are going to award you with the tickets for the Winnipeg Renovation Show at the RBC Convention Center. That's happening next weekend, January 12th. <laughs> To the 14th. I'm breaking into this house and, oh, wait, I have to get this uh, earwax out of my ear with this bobby pin that I'm using to pick this lock. (laughs) (laughs) And one more just weather-related note from Dylan who says, my first race of the 2024 Winnipeg Sports Car Club Ice Racing Series at Lake Shirley Water Ski Park in Transcona has been postponed because there isn't enough snow to build a track. So the first race has now been moved to January 14th at 12 p.m. in hopes we'll have snow by then. I feel like we've spoken to those folks in the past about that endeavor, that ice racing yeah, it sounds familiar. That'd be yeah. a good spot for that. Yeah, not too far out of town, right? No, not at all. Yeah. And lots of lots of room there. So, Dylan, hopefully you get that snow and you get to get out there and enjoy your winter fun. But right now, as we bring in a new year, one of the things many of us will want to do is get 
our spaces organized. Yeah, my social media feed, Instagram in particular, Brett, is inundated with organizational tips and videos. And then, of course, because I watch them and I click on them, that results in ads subsequently <laughs> filling my timeline as well for products aimed at helping me get my stuff together and organized. One such account calls Winnipeg home. Sylvie Matthews Organizing founder and namesake Christy Math- uh, Sylvie Matthews joins us now. Good morning, Sylvie. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Are you, uh, have you always been known as an organized person? <laughs> I think so. I think when I think back to all the jobs that I've had in my past, organization was really my strength. In fact, I was known as the girl who tried to make everything as efficient as possible. So how do we know then when it is time to make getting organized a priority? Uh, Well, we've all been shopping for the last month, getting ready for the holidays. But if you don't have a home for the new gifts you've bought or the items that you've received, it's time to evaluate because every item in your space needs a dedicated home. So if you're looking at your kitchen counters or the surfaces in your living room and there's pile of stuff, that's what I call clutter. It's time to get organized. And I have a good rule of thumb here for you. If a space takes longer than five minutes to tidy, it needs organizing. Now, I'm not referring to the dishes that come after cooking or eating a meal, but I'm referring to all the rest that's on your counter or your coffee table, the bills, the mail, the clothes, all the stuff that gets left out. So, Sylvie, help me with this because you touch on something here, just the whole idea that, you know, we build these expansive kitchens, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many feet of counter space we have in our kitchen, but there never seems to be enough space for everything. And then when we do get things uh, decluttered, so to speak, it seems to just invite, you mentioned mail and other things that have no mm-hmm. business being mm-hmm. on the island. How, how is, is that one step is just kind of not allowing those common spaces to collect that clutter in the first place? Help help me out here. Absolutely. Organization is really a habit. That's what it comes down to. I mean, there's this myth that we think, oh, I'm going to need a bigger home to fit all my stuff because I've outgrown my current home. But in fact, that's not true. The bigger home we have, the more we're going to fill it with stuff. So a good rule of thumb, and I'm sure this has been beat to the ground. People have said this over and over, but when something comes in, something should go out. And in terms of, uh, I'm just wondering, if you walk into someone's home, like a friend, or someone's office or whatever, and, and you see <laughs> a big pile of clutter, <laughs> and uh, especially if they know what you're all about, do they just say, it's okay, it's organized chaos. I've got a system That's- for it. I mean, there's different types of organizing, right? Some people are visual organizers. They need everything out. Mind you, it has to be organized if it's out. Um, Some people will actually pretend that it's organized. It truly isn't. Um, I, I mean, people shouldn't be ashamed of what they have, but I think it's time to just start addressing the piles and getting through them. Okay, so is this a matter of, I mentioned the fact that I follow, I follow you on Instagram and other organizers, and then inevitably I get these 
these ads for, you know, totes and containers and, you know, the, the magic solution is, is, is really in essence, when you look at it, more stuff to put your stuff in just smaller containers with say within your junk drawer. Oh, the key to cleaning your junk drawer is to just divide the, you know, all the different things. Is that, is that the key? Mm, Yes and no. I mean, I think most people, they don't buy the right containers. The idea is that containers are supposed to categorize your items and help you see them so that you can find them. But too often people don't buy the right size or they don't buy a sufficient quantity to cover their space. And all these little containers, you know what they end up being? They end up being junk. So I'm all for making your space look appealing and visually satisfying. I mean, I live for this. But it's important that you measure your space and you measure your containers and you consider what you're going to put in them. But instead, I often see people, they buy one or two containers and they can't finish their organization project because they didn't buy enough. Okay, that's interesting. Our guest is Mm -hmm. Sylvie Matthews. Uh, Sylvie Matthews organizing the website, sylviematthews.com. And just when you, uh, just as sort of this is a side shoot because I know we're talking about just sort of getting our our spaces organized, but let's say, especially in the last three years, we've had a lot of people who have changed the way they do their job, maybe doing their job from home. And if you're somebody like me, for example, who lives in an apartment, it's not the biggest, biggest spot. uh, I think you should probably, I would imagine the, the mentality should not be, I don't have room for this because there are a lot of ingenious desks and ways that you can work around having very little workspace, right? Absolutely. It's amazing what you can fit in your space if you just get a little bit creative. So yes, that is where organization items like those little clear acrylic bins come in. Um, but at the end of the day, I, what I really think, and maybe I haven't conveyed this enough, is it's important to curate your items. So pick the very best things that belong in your home. You're talking everything from art, uh, tchotchkes, my wife will call it, or knickknacks. And uh, I get, I get yeah. accused of you and your chotch. You have to have your chotch and it's like, yeah, okay. I like these things limiting even, even things that are like you say, visually appealing and maybe those items that we've been uh, carrying around since we were in our teenage years. Absolutely. And you know what? It goes beyond those tchotchkes. It goes like opening your cabinet and seeing a set of glasses. Now, how many of them have chips on them? They probably don't belong there Mm -hmm. or mismatched glasses or just things that, You know, perhaps you have a set of tea towels and they're all kind of stained and dirty, but you have a new set that you've been saving for. I'm not sure why a lot of people save (laughs) their things. And um, I think it's, it's time to pull out those good things and start using them, being intentional about what is in your home. Intentional. It's a good word. Uh, underutilized, I think, sometimes. So, uh, Sylvie, when we have this conversation about organization, are there some benefits to having our spaces organized that we just might not even realize until we get to that point of living in organizations like, boy, I find that A, B or C is even better for me? Absolutely. I mean, I, I want you to think about this. Can you imagine waking up in the morning to all your laundry put away? all your clothes organized by color in your closet and your dresser drawers. 
I mean, what about opening up your pantry and you're not finding everything crammed in there, but rather you know exactly what you have in need? Or even walking in your storage room, like how many times do we walk in a storage room and we're upset because people didn't put things away and you're just left tripping on everything. Imagine not tripping on those boxes, but rather knowing exactly where everything is because it's stored neatly in a clear labeled bin. Hmm. Organization, to me, it's more than a visual upgrade. It's peace of mind of being on top of your things, of being able to tidy your home in five minutes because everything has a home. I'm guessing then, too, there's a there's a potential mental health benefit to this, oh, right? Absolutely. Most women, they feel a physio- sorry, <laughs> a physiological response to clutter, and it causes their cortisol levels to rise. So if you're feeling stressed when you're when you're sitting in one of your spaces, it's time to take action. Wow. OK, well, I can tell you this. Um, I've been working hard on my garage. I've got all these bins. I've even labeled some of them. We were looking for these uh, pumpkins, these acrylic pumpkins at Halloween. Mm -hmm. And do you think we could find them? And they were in a bin clearly marked pumpkins. So we've got some learning to do even when we're getting organized just to trust the fact that it's, you know, something is where it's supposed to be. I appreciate you. I appreciate your account very much and uh, what you do. How can people get in touch with you, Sylvie? They can call me at 204-330-8867. They can also find me on my website, Sylvie Matthews Organizing, or they can shoot me an email at sylvie at sylviematthews.com. All right, Sylvie, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate these tips. Thank you so much for having me. And just the, uh, <laughs> she, it was almost like she had pictures of my apartment heading into this, talking about the clutter that's on the kitchen counter. Like I have, and she said, if it takes more than five minutes, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It would take, I, I haven't done it because I know it's going to take me probably 25 minutes, 30 minutes, just random bills and stuff that have come out of my pockets that I might have to file for an expense or lottery tickets I got to eventually check. It's just a mess. My storage closet, I can't even get into it because it's got, it, I, I, I did organize it at one point and I was so happy. I was like, I can actually walk into this closet. And then inevitably I just start chucking things in there. And now it's to the point where I have to be careful when I even open the door that something doesn't fall out on me. I need to like seriously get organized and uh, her walking into my home, her cortisol level would go <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you've seen my garage. That's all I'm going to say. Much better you, now. Yeah. You did much a great better job. Now, much better now. But uh, three or four years ago, oh, it was a disaster and cluttered. It, like it really exemplified the, the way I live my life. Quite frankly, <laughs> although oddly enough, when I go to visit friends, uh, like I, I went over to a buddy's place on Saturday, and he said, "Just a heads up, yeah. this place is a it's Christmas chaos." Okay, because he's got young kids. Sure, and I, I find that comforting. Like if you welcome me into your home and it's a mess, yes, that says you don't that we're friends. And you don't. I would agree you don't with care that. that I, I'm not worried about you judging me. Yeah, I would say that's a the hundred percent. I would agree with you on that. 